Welcome to the radio broadcast of Shear Jeshub, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Greg Scalzo from Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today my husband will be continuing his sermon on Samson from the teaching series on Heavenly Authority. When we left off last time, we were in Judges chapter 16 and verse 5, where the Philistine lords approached Delilah and offered to pay her to entice Samson to reveal where his great strength comes from, so that they can bind him and afflict him. Now let's rejoin Pastor Greg. And what is their goal? Their goal is that we may bind him to afflict him. The enemy is after us to cause us harm, to kill, to steal, to destroy, Jesus said. And he uses the enticement of sin to bring us into weakness, to bring us outside the shield of God, to bring us in a place where we can be bound up, we can be overpowered, and we can be afflicted. The devil, like these Philistine lords, leads the children of God to sin, that he can shackle them, that he can afflict them. And again, the sadness that it happens over and over and over. In human history, it happens over and over. Some lives, from one sin to the next, from one defeat to the next, people who God had such great plans for, who had so much potential, are taken and shackled and at the mercy of the world, at the mercy of the Philistines. He loved her. He loved Delilah. She sold him. Verse 6, So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where your great strength lies and with what you may be bound to afflict you. And Samson said to her, If they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings or thongs, not yet dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. He misleads her. He doesn't tell her the truth. Because he knows she really shouldn't know where his strength comes from. So it's almost like this teasing game that goes on between the two of them. He understands it's not wise to let her know. So the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, and she bound him with them. Now men were lying in wait, staying with her in the room. So he doesn't see them, they're hiding. They go get the bowstrings for her. And it's not clear whether he's awake or whether he's asleep. But they're playing this teasing game back and forth. Oh, how can I make you weak, Samson? That's, that's the best you can call this a teasing game. At worst, it might be part of the, the sickness of their relationship. And he either lets her tie him up or he's asleep and she does it. But he tells her this is what can be done. And she does it to him. And she cries out, in verse 9, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. Now, they don't come out yet. But he jumps up. He, he broke the bowstrings as a strand of yarn breaks when it touches fire. So the secret of his strength was not known. They can't hold him. But he knows she's done it to him, right? He hasn't seen the, the men waiting and wait for him, but he knows she's done it. But it's a little bit of a game, maybe. You see how dangerous the areas people get into 
when they're afflicted in the heart, when they feel so much love towards someone. Verse 10, now she's tested him, she's called out to test him. He should be a little mad, right? Then Delilah said to Samson, look, you've mocked me. She's the injured party. And told me lies. Now please tell me what you may be bound with. She's mad at this point because he didn't tell the truth. He should be getting wise to what's going on. And it happens all over again. He's so dulled, he doesn't even know. He doesn't even sense there's somebody else in this probably a large room. He can't feel their presence. He's so dulled. You know, the Nazarite was not supposed to drink wine. And we don't have anything telling us forthrightly here that Samson drank wine. But he certainly was drunk with Delilah. He's certainly drunk in the situation that he can't even tell that there's these men lying in wait for him and understand what she's trying to do to him. He understands it a little bit because he won't tell her the truth. He doesn't want to give the secret out to her. Please tell me what you may be bound with. So he said to her, if they bind me securely with new ropes that have never been used, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Therefore, Delilah took new ropes and bound him with them and said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. She wants to see him jump up and see if it works. And men were lying in wait, staying in the room. But he broke them off his arms like a thread. Verse 13, all over again, the same thing happens. Verse 13, Delilah said to Samson, until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me what you may be bound with. And he said to her, if you weave the seven locks, he must have his Nazarite hair and seven locks, of my head into the web of the loom, and then imply, then you're going to weaken me. So what does she do? She wove it tightly, not just a little bit. She, she's given it all she's got. She wove it tightly with the baton of the loom and said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep. So this time we know he was sleeping when she did this to him. And pulled out the baton and the web from the loom. They can't hold him. You notice what's happening here, though. We're getting closer to the, to the truth, right? The hair is important. So if you take it and you bind it up, that doesn't work. But by her persistence, by his dullness, by his drunkenness, it's getting closer and closer to the truth. And she's great at this. She's tying it up. Verse 15, she said to him, how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? Again, she's the offended party. She's the one that's been hurt. You have mocked me these three times and have not told me where your great strength lies. And she appeals to the sincerity of his love. Prove your love for me. Show your love for me. How can you say I love you when you've mocked me? That's a dangerous wrong attitude. If you're in a relationship when someone's constantly saying to you, prove your love for me, show your love for me, there's something very wrong with that situation. And men, you have to be careful. And ladies, you have to be careful. When the person that you're looking to spend life with is constantly trying to say, oh, prove this to me. Do this for me and you prove it. Do that for me and you prove it. That person can be a user and they're playing with your heart. Verse 16, Samson doesn't give in right away. And it came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words 
and pressed him. So she has to do this for a while, daily, so that his soul was vexed to death. That word there, vexed, is literally bored out. Like it reamed something out. His heart was constantly being torn out, reamed out. He was vexed. His soul was vexed to death because she kept bothering him. Verse 17, that he told her all his heart. He's so strong, but his soul is so weak. And she pesters him daily. And you remember how his wife, remember with the riddle about the lion and the honey, how the wife pestered him and he couldn't take it anymore. She wept seven days. And because she pressed him so much, chapter 14, verse 17, then he explained the riddle to her. And what does she do? She went right off to her kinsman and told him what the meaning of the riddle was about the lion and the honey. So Samson has had an example from his past about what would happen. But it's not going to make any difference. He's determined to destroy himself by his self-indulgence, by his drunkenness with her, by his lack of discipline. And you know, when he tells her his heart, that when he told her, well, bind me with bowstrings, what does she do? She bound him with bowstrings. When he said, well, bind me with a new rope, what does she do? She bound him with a new rope. When he said, weave my hair in the loom, she wove it and she wove it tightly. How people cannot learn from experience, from what they go through, what God shows them in their very lives. So when he tells her the truth, what is she going to do? She's going to do it to him, right? And he will be made weak. He will be made like every other man. And that should be enough for him not to tell her. But she's gone into his heart She's played with his heart. She's reamed out his soul. And so he tells her all his heart. And here's the danger of sin. He's in a condition of sin here, right? He's living with a pagan woman. Sin clouds our wisdom. Sin has clouded Samson's wisdom. He knows it's not good initially to tell her, but now his soul is so weak and his mind is so clouded and common sense goes so far from him. He hasn't learned from the past with his wife. He hasn't learned from the present with what Delilah has been doing all along. He's engulfed in the sin and the lust for Delilah and all common sense and all reason goes away. You know, as Christians, we have to be dedicated to the truth. And Jesus instructed us in Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. So we're dedicated to the truth, but there's some things we don't share with the swine. There's some things you have to keep to yourself. Some things that we treat and keep as precious, as holy, and we share them as the Lord leads us. That's why Jesus preached in parables. Those who were able to see could see, and the others, though seeing they shall not see, though hearing they shall not understand. For the hearts of these people are dull. That's why he preached in parables. It's not necessary to pour out our whole heart to every individual we meet, because some mean us evil, some mean us wrong. And the pearls that we have are precious. 
And there's no reason here for Delilah to know this pagan who doesn't understand the law of Moses, does not understand the Nazarite vow, who obviously does not have his good interest in her heart. There's no reason for her to know, nor the Philistines to know, the secret of his strength. But the sin has clouded his wisdom. What is the secret of his strength, by the way? Is his strength of himself, is it just that he's very muscular, very strong, he's worked out in the gym? No, we're going to see that because the strength's going to go from him. The strength he has is because it's a supernatural endowment from God because he's been a Nazarite from the womb. And the Nazarite from the womb is holy to the Lord. Remember it said in Numbers 6 that all the days of his separation he shall be holy to the Lord. So the basis of Samson's strength is holiness. It's founded on holiness. But he hasn't acted so holy. He hasn't acted so separate. We love to hear from our listening audience. So if you have any comments or words of encouragement, please send them along to us. Also, may I ask you to prayerfully consider supporting our church's evangelical outreach. Please send all correspondence and donations to Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. We would also like to extend an invitation for you to join us for Sunday service if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area. Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us for our next broadcast of Sheer Jeshub.